and I kept wondering why, you know, I, I would make a batch of cookies one minute and then 10 minutes later I would make another batch seemingly identical, but the cookies would come out slightly different. I never actually thought about that before I started <laughs> making the chip cookie. You know, what, you know who, who thinks of a, a chip to cookie ratio, but it, but it makes total sense. One of my missions with this company was to make really great cookies because I love cookies, but I think equally it was to show people that, hey, I, you know, you can make a great cookie, basically anything without using milk eggs or butter. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Cringe. I'm joined today by Frank Rideout from Frankly Good, a vegan cookie, brittle, and I believe candied pecan or pecan. Sorry, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. I, I just said pecan. I've all day been mentally telling myself to say pecan, and I just said pecan. No, that's all um, right. <laughs> But it's that business um, that I would say, as of this weekend, I'm a huge fan of. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Frank. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, uh, let's start right there. Let's start with the name. Um, I love it. I love the name. I, I don't really have a question, but I'm, I'm just a big fan of, of a good pun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you know, growing up, obviously my, um, well, my legal name is actually Andrew, believe it or not. Okay. Um, but my middle name is Francis. And I also had an uncle Frank on my mom's side who was very influential in the family. And um, he unfortunately passed away. I never got to meet him. But kind of to let that, um, you know, name live on, I was sort of nicknamed Frank or Frankie always growing up. And uh, when we were sort of brainstorming about names for the company, this kind of came to me one day and thought, oh, frankly good, you know, they're frankly good. So <laughs> how it came about. That's cool. And, and it seems like, I think the cool thing is that, um, you know, even just there from your name, but it seems like this is really kind of a family company, uh, mostly between right. you and your mom. Um, I, I saw that you gave her a shout out on your, on your website, uh, which is really cool. Maybe we could give her yeah. a shout out here in a second on the podcast as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. but, but I know you, you know, you've said you've loved cooking and baking from a young age. Uh, did you always feel like this was the career path you were going to take? Sure. Um, you know, I've had, <laughs> I guess you could say somewhat of a complicated or a convoluted, you know, educational career, <laughs> uh, history, but you know, I, I go back and I look at some of my baby photos. Mom and I were actually just looking through some of them uh, just in the last couple of days. And we came across one that I, I must've been no older than two or three years old. And I'm sitting there on the kitchen floor, you know, with like Tupperware containers and mixing bowls with a little spoon, you know, sort of with a chef hat on sort of playing like I'm cooking something. <laughs> and, um, you know, I actually um, spent some time studying pre-med. Um, I've always been very interested in science as well. And, uh, you know, eventually decided to study computer science. I always had an interest in computers and technology. So always kind of a wide array of interests. But I've always really enjoyed being in the kitchen and um, really enjoyed baking and just sort of cooking in general, experimenting with new recipes. And, um, you know, I, I would say that I love cooking. I also love eating. So <laughs> that's always <laughs> you know, a good, good uh, sign of a good chef. Right. Those kind of go hand in hand. And um, so, yeah, just throughout my life, I've, I've always enjoyed cooking and, um, you know, kind of as opposed to buying something in a store, I really like uh, making things from scratch and kind of proving myself that I can do it and branch out and try new things as well. So, 
Do you, do you think that science part of your brain is kind of what leads you into the baking career path as opposed to maybe trying to become a chef or something? Um, just that, you know, kind of the calculations. Because I, I personally, I, I don't like baking just because for me, it's really hard. I'm, I'm not very good at following the steps. I'm not good. Sure. You know, baking is very exact. Um, and I like when I'm cooking, if I screw something up, you could fix it with other flavors or whatever. Um, what, yeah. what is it specifically do you think that drew you in? Well, I think, I think two interesting points on that is that, you know, you, I guess having the scientific type mindset and sort of the scientific training, analytical type training and thinking, it does help whenever you're, uh, you know, working with exact measurements, uh, you know, down to the single gram. And, and the second point on that is you would be, ama- well, I guess you, you said you've done some baking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would be amazed um, you know, how much even just the difference of a few grams can make in, in the cookies that I bake. And sometimes I, I baked, we actually used to measure things in ounces. And I kept wondering why, you know, I, I would make a batch of cookies one minute and then 10 minutes later, I would make another batch seemingly identical, but the cookies would come out slightly different. Mm-hmm. And I kept, you know, I was like racking my brain trying to figure this out. We're using the same ingredients. I'm using the same mixing bowl, you know, <laughs> the same, the same oven. And I just couldn't figure it out. And eventually kind of reasoned that maybe it's those slight differences in measurements um, that were the culprit. And so eventually sort of broke everything down to single grams and also the interesting thing about that is whenever we're sort of tweaking our recipes, cause I'm always, you know, thinking of ways to improve and make things come out more consistently or more tasty, you know, with the grams. Oh, let's say I want to add a little bit more water. Oh, they're a little bit too dry. Oh, I want to up the chocolate chips a little bit, mm-hmm. Well, then I can just increase the weight, you know, just a little bit. And I think, I think sort of in that comes in the, uh, the scientific training and that kind of scientific uh, thinking. So. Yeah, I, I think that's fascinating and something that has always puzzled me. And I think you've maybe just unlocked it for me. But, uh, you know, I, I used to bake Christmas cookies with my mom every year mm-hmm. and um, have since stopped because I don't want to do it anymore. And I let her. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, that was something that always puzzled me is how even, you know, just cookie to cookie almost that could be different. And right. uh, I think that's fascinating. You've, you've broke it down that far. Um, well, I was thinking, um, you know, we actually used to measure things uh, not by weight, but by, you know, like cups and stuff. And two sort of issues you run in there, run in, run in with that situation, excuse me, is, you know, making sure that you're, you know, if you're measuring flour into a, a measuring cup, you have to make sure you're right on the line mm-hmm. and, you know, what kind of flour are you using and so forth. So, yeah, breaking it down by weight is, is can solve nine problems out of 10 when it comes to baking. So no, that makes all the sense in the world to me. And uh, obviously you've been baking and, and as we know now cooking from a young age, Uh, but when did you start baking vegan? So I guess it was in 2015. Um, You know, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not incredibly proud of this, but it it was mainly for, uh, uh, I guess, personal reasons. I had read that eating a lot of fiber, so like green veggies, broccoli, so forth, um, could actually help you lose weight because it, you know, the fiber helps you feel full for a longer period of time without uh, consuming um, that many calories. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, heck, you know, I'm trying to get in shape, trying to get that six pack, you know, I'm going to try to shut <laughs> off a few pounds. 
And uh, so I started eating a lot of green veggies. And I think just kind of from there, I started learning more about, um, you know, eating your veggies. You know, your mom always says, eat, you know, finish your vegetables and all that. And uh, just did some research online, watched YouTube videos, read a few research papers here and there, and uh, found out that um, a vegan diet is actually, you know, has a lot of health benefits and environmental benefits. I mean, the benefits are just sort of, you know, they just keep coming. And mm -hmm. um, so that was about five years ago. And the problem was I was having a lot of trouble finding a really good vegan cookie. Um, you know, because most of your traditional cookies are made with milk, eggs, and butter, mm -hmm. or milk, eggs, or butter. And I uh, went to the store, and even like Whole Foods, and all these health stores, and I really couldn't find a really great vegan cookie. And so that's kind of how the company came about, was uh, really a necessity, me having a major sweet tooth and loving, <laughs> you know, cookies and all kinds of stuff. So I decided to just try making it myself, and uh, that's kind of how the company came about. And you've already mentioned this with, with, you know, your traditional non-vegan cookies having milk, eggs, or butter. But I think the biggest problem I've always found with vegan cookies is that they tend to be dry because they don't have those ingredients in there. But yours just aren't. They're not. I mean, if, if nobody had told me that they were vegan cookies when I ordered them, I'd never, I never would have even known that. How did you perfect that recipe? Well, I really appreciate that. And um, so it actually started from uh, one of my grandma's old recipes and um, sort of took that, you know, she, she grew up, uh, she was born in 1930. And so, you know, veganism wasn't really a thing back then, but mm -hmm. so she had, you know, the traditional animal products in there. So I took it and kind of veganized it. And it did take a lot of trial and error. Um, I think back to some of the cookies that we made, we started the company back in uh, a little more than a year ago. So it was, I believe our first market was February or March of 2019. Okay. And but as I, a side I, venture, correct? Not full-time right away? Correct. It was absolutely a side venture. And uh, I was encouraged by a lot of people to not make it my, my main thing, you know, <laughs> to, to, you know, take it, take it slow and take it easy. But, but I was definitely all in on it and uh, very passionate about it. Um, but anyways, that was in 2000, early 2019. But I had been sort of experimenting since, I would say, like late 2018 with, okay. with, a, chocolate, with a chocolate chip cookie. And uh, really just a lot of trial and error trying. I mean, I think throughout the lifetime of our chocolate chip cookie, we've probably replaced um, every single ingredient in it, you know, with something else that would make it a little better, a different kind of flour, different kind of chocolate chip, different kind of, you know, sugar, all kinds of stuff to really make it pretty good. And um, I would say probably just in the last um, three months or so, we've kind of decided on this recipe that we think is really good and uh, you know we consistently get get really great feedback on on our cookies. So it has it has taken some time, and you kind of have to play with the ingredients, with the egg replacer and the water, and exactly what kind of uh, shortening you're using and mm -hmm. so forth. But so yeah, I guess I guess sort of the long answer, but the short answer is it just took a lot of trial and error. So. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I mean, my my cousin's vegan. I live with my cousin, and uh, he's. Oh, yeah trying to make cookies all the time and to be honest with you they're not very good and uh so i think i think he's getting there but i think it's with him i've found the same thing it's it's that trial and error um but one of my friends who tried yours 
Uh, they, she said, uh, you had the perfect chip to cookie ratio, which I feel like is about as high of a praise as you could get for a chocolate chip cookie, right? <laughs> sure. Well, first of all, you know, it, it's kind of funny on that note. I never actually thought about that before I started making <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. You know what? You know, who, who thinks of a, a chip to cookie ratio? But it, but it makes total sense. And um, we actually played a lot, played around a lot with that. Um, we got some feedback from our customers early on that, you know, we need a few more chocolate chips. And so now I make it my mission whenever I am uh, cooking these chocolate chip cookies that I want our customers to get at least a single chip in every bite that they take. You know, mm -hmm. I want that sort of flavor explosion every time you take a bite. And um, so, yeah, you know, that, that's very important to me. So. Well, I, I think you nailed it. So congratulations on much. that. <laughs> um, I know that there can sometimes be the stigma about vegan. I, I'm sure, especially out here in Texas, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like, dinner, yeah. yes, exactly. It's, it's meat and potatoes. And, and now, um, you know, you're trying to go the vegan route. I think people hear vegan and it kind of turns them off from something, even if they haven't even tried it yet. Um, have you had to convince non-vegan customers to try your cookie? Um, you know, a, a little bit, I would say when, so what we did most of our selling at the farmer's markets up until I would say March of this year. Okay. Um, until we were kind of forced to, to move away from that just because of COVID. But whenever we're at the market, the way that I attract people to our booth is simply by saying, Hey, would you like to try a really great cookie? You know, would you like to try a chocolate chip cookie? Would you like to try our ginger rosemary cookie? And we make it very clear with our signage and, and it's on the package and everything that we're a hundred percent plant-based. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the people that come up don't necessarily realize that. And, you know, it might come up in conversation before they take a bite, but a lot of times it's, you know, here, take a sample of our cookie. And um, I don't actually have the numbers on this, but I would wager that 75 to 80% of our customers aren't even vegan. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And, um, you know, one of my missions with this company was to make really great cookies because I love cookies. But I think equally it was to show people that, hey, I, you know, you can make a great cookie, basically anything without using milk, eggs, or butter. And um, so that's, that's an interesting point. And um, like I said, most of our customers, I would wager, are not even vegan. And, um, that, that means you're definitely doing something right. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so I, I think one of the things I've, I've kind of learned recently about vegan is that vegan doesn't always equate to healthy. Um, sure. you know, there's, there's a lot of plant-based stuff that has high amounts of sodium or yep. whatever in it that, that aren't quite as healthy. Um, what about your cookies? What, how do they compare to normal cookies? Do they have about the same nutritional value? Are yours healthier? Are they less healthy? Uh, sure. you know, what's, what's kind of the, the comparison there? Well, I think first of all, they are a little bit healthier because they're not, you're not going to get the animal products in there. Um, secondly, we try to use as many organic ingredients as possible. Whereas buying something like Toll House, you're not going to get that. Mm -hmm. And we, we do work on uh, slightly healthier versions of cookies and like our ginger rosemary, you know, the ginger and the rosemary is, is good for you and uh, using a, a natural sweetener like uh, molasses and we we are actually um working on uh, i would say healthier versions of our cookies like uh, doing a keto chocolate chip cookie which is sugar free which would use uh, like monk fruit as a sweetener okay and um but you know at the end of the day 
it is a it is a chocolate chip cookie and we we definitely don't recommend uh, <laughs> having them for breakfast lunch and dinner but um you know it, it's an interesting point that being vegan definitely doesn't mean that you're healthy mm-hmm. and it definitely doesn't uh, naturally mean that it's a healthy uh, diet for you you know oreos uh, pringles you know a lot of junk food is actually just naturally vegan and they don't advertise it that way but it is vegan and uh, so you know, at the end of the day, you need to have a balanced diet of you know, fruits, veggies, and so forth. But, you know, every once in a while, you can indulge in some, frankly, good chocolate chip cookies. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least once a day. There um, we go. At least. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I noticed, um, speaking about your ingredients, I noticed that you're Go Texan. Uh, what yeah. kind of Texas-based ingredients are you using? So we have our organic Texas pecans that come from the Rio Grande Valley. And we we eventually want to move to using as many Texas ingredients as possible. Unfortunately, right now, uh, some of those are hard to find, especially with the virus situation the way it is. Um, whenever we would go to the market, you know, we would talk to different vendors there about including some of their products, maybe some new recipes that we were working on and using some of their, you know, even like homegrown products in our um uh, excuse me on our recipes but like uh the rosemary for our ginger uh, rosemary cookies is completely grown actually in my own garden oh wow oh that's yeah, amazing absolutely completely organic garden if we need some we just go out and and clip some off the the hedge there and uh <laughs> it uh, it goes in the cookie so but go, go texan is a great thing and we're very happy to be part of it and um, like i said in the future we're always striving to use more texas-based ingredients and that is something that's very important to me is be a Texas-based business. So. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome and commendable. And uh, honestly, the point of this podcast is to show off the DFW area and the Texas area. And um, so we, yeah. we love that here. We're big supporters of that. Um, so I, I ordered, I, I placed a good order over the weekend. I got some of the chocolate chip cookies, the nutty chocolate chip. I got some of the cookie dough, which was delicious, by the way. Oh, um, and obviously no raw eggs, so um, no worries there. there. <laughs> um, I got the pecans, which were my favorite. Um, I thought everything was perfect. Um, I'll definitely need to try the brittle next time. Um, oh, oh, you should. You definitely should. Yeah, I, I don't know why I did it. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't. It was a, it was a foolhardy move. I ordered everything else. Um, but uh, what what made you want to include pecans and brittle to your cookie menu? Because when I think of it, it, it doesn't necessarily maybe go hand in hand. Um, but sure. what was it about that that inspired you? So there's actually a bit of a funny and uh, somewhat embarrassing story behind the uh, oatmeal brittle, <laughs> but <Okay. laughs> we were actually kind of early on. So like I said, kind of early 2019, we were trying, you know, different recipes and, you know, seeing what worked at the markets and so forth and kind of doing like a proof of concept, I would say with the company. And I've always really loved oatmeal cookies. So we, we actually included oatmeal cookies on our, on our menu for um, a few weeks but um, I was cooking these oatmeal cookies one day and, you know, got busy doing something else. I was, um, you know, in classes at the time, I was a full-time student and I overcooked the cookies a little bit um, to the point where we couldn't really sell them as a, as a, an oatmeal cookie, um, <laughs> but we didn't want to just throw it away. And so we kind of, you know, tossed it aside and kept going with the order and, you know, we were super busy and we hardly even had time to make dinner. So I started seeing like uh, breaking off little pieces of these, you know, supposedly overcooked or burnt oatmeal cookies. 
and it was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And we just kept eating them. And all of a sudden, all of them were gone. <laughs> and so we thought, well, you know, maybe we're onto something here. So we did a lot of experimenting. And instead of making our oatmeal cookies, we started to make oatmeal brittle. And the concept for the recipe is, is almost the same. It's a little bit different from an oatmeal cookie, but you essentially sort of overcook the oatmeal a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a little bit of a process there, but you kind of break it up and uh, the oven sort of caramelizes the sugars over time. And it, yeah, I, I don't even eat it any, anymore because I, you know, if I start, I'm not going to be able to stop. So, <laughs> but it, it's really good. And then, like I said, it's been one of our best sellers at the markets. People love it. And one of the great things about it is, um, you know, you can eat it with uh, yogurt, you can eat it with milk, you can eat it right out of the bag. And it lasts for a really long time just sitting on the, uh, on the counter. So Okay. I, I like that this all stemmed from you kind of screwing it up. In the right. It's and, got yeah. awesome. There we go. And, the, the, you know, let that be a lesson, everybody out there, you know, just because you see something is necessarily a negative situation, it can turn out to be a, a positive. So. <laughs> what, one of the things that I did love about getting this order was that everything was packaged very eco-friendly. Um, yeah. what, what are some of those green initiatives that you're taking part of and, and why is that side of the business so important to you? Sure. So with the whole vegan aspect, you know, veganism has a lot of benefits for the environment. And so I didn't really want to have a vegan business where I really, you know, push that side of the business where I wasn't being eco-friendly in other parts of the business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, with our uh, very lucky to be in a home where we can opt into using completely renewable energy. So we actually use solar power at the house and we use a very sustainably, um, or sorry, very, um, you know, uh, eco-friendly car to do our deliveries. And one of the best things, uh, you know, one of the things that I really strive for with the company is to try to be as zero waste as possible. So all of our plastic packaging is completely compostable and it's made out of sugar cane. And even our labels uh, and the ink that we use is also uh, completely biodegradable. Oh, that's so, amazing. I, I didn't realize that about the labels and the ink and that's awesome. Yeah, it's absolutely. And I know it came with a clip as well. You can reuse the clip and we have actually have a lot of people that give us the clip back, you know, here, take it, you know, take it back, use it for another order. So it's, it's great. Yeah, that's, that is, that's fantastic. Um, okay. So a, cu- a couple, uh, just final things here, but, um, mm-hmm. I was reading in culture map Dallas that you took part in the Mav pitch competition at UTA yeah. Can you tell me what this is and, and also what it meant to be the first vegan company to ever win? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, UTA, I don't know if, you know, I'm sure you've heard of Shark Tank. Um, basically. Yes. Yeah. Big, big fan of Shark Tank. Me as well. Me as well. <laughs> and I went in, uh, so, so you basically go in with sort of an idea, a concept for a company and you do your pitch. And uh, so I did like a small video and sent it in to the school and um, I was selected as sort of a semifinalist and won a little bit of cash uh, to invest in the company. But as a semifinalist, one of the great things is you go on to do a second presentation, so a little bit more in depth than you do it for a panel of judges, and you have the chance to become a finalist and win even more money uh, okay. for your company. So, uh, so currently, I'm right now, I'm a finalist and going to be doing a sort of final presentation in August for the grand prize of potentially $25,000 to invest into the company. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's, it's kind of been like a whirlwind situation. <laughs> it's sort of surreal. Yeah. Do, but, you, do um, you, I guess there it's like grant money, right? You're not taking, it's not like shark tank where you're taking them on as an investor, right? 
Correct. However, um, with the panel, there are, you know, th these panels um, of, of judges are, um, you know, th they are potentially business owners who might want to invest in the company. Um, and so there, there is that, there is that possibility there, but that's not really the point. Um, so yeah, it, it's more just kind of grant money for your business, but that's great. You, you do gain a lot of uh, contacts and there's a lot of networking opportunities and so forth. And yeah, it, it's been a great opportunity. I've met so many great people and uh, taken on a couple of uh, different mentors who've really helped me with the company. And like I said, that, that networking opportunity is, has been invaluable. What yeah. were your nerves like doing that kind of event? I think I'd be freaking out. <laughs> well, you know, it actually wasn't, a, it, I think it would have been a little more nerve wracking if it were in person. Um, okay. so I normally okay. do it in person to like a huge audience, but um, you know, over the years I've had to do a lot of uh, presentations and public speaking for school and, and for work and things like that. So it, it's somewhat natural to me at this point, but I will admit, you know, I, my legs were shaking a little bit as, as my term was coming up, but, um, but it all went really well. And um, like I said, one of the best things about it, well, obviously, you know, the grant money to help boost the business and uh, also just the people I've met who have been mm -hmm. extremely, extremely supportive and um, you know, people out there who, who are entrepreneurs and they have, <coughs> excuse me, they've, they've been very successful themselves and they contribute their time to, this program really for no other reason than to help people like me, a small, um, you know, young entrepreneur, hopefully in the making, yeah. and, um, you know, just help me along, along the way and give me advice. And, and yeah, it's really, really can't say anything bad about that. It's been a great experience. Well, congratulations on that. I, I think that's really cool. Something to definitely be uh, super proud of and, and awesome yeah. for us, you know, a small little vegan cookie company to, to be winning that and hopefully grow into a big, vegan company or vegan hopefully someday company. yeah it's it's great <laughs> uh, so obviously uh COVID has taken its toll on a lot of different businesses yeah. um here not just in the area but really around the world um in what ways has frankly good been affected if at all so like i said um earlier in the year this year we were actually poised to um be doing a lot of different markets we had we had been accepted into a couple uh, new markets here in the dallas fort worth area and so we were kind of on track for that and uh, doing those cookie markets. But whenever COVID, the COVID situation hit around spring break, I think it was like mid-March is when I was told, you know, uh, all of my classes were going to be remote and pretty much overnight our uh, stream of revenue from the markets just went to zero. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, rather than sort of just throw in the towel, we decided to uh, figure out a different avenue of uh, revenue and we built out our website. So franklygood.com is probably the best way you can order from us right now. And we started also um, selling through food delivery services. So essentially people would oh, go, cool. go, yeah. So essentially people would go to a website, place an order, and then uh, through that food delivery service, we would deliver to them. And then that service delivers out to their customers. So, and you're doing, you're doing food delivery in, uh, free delivery in Dallas, correct? Uh, correct. So, um, in the, in the Dallas, in the Dallas area, uh, Dallas County. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that was, uh, that was a nice treat there. Um, but obviously shipping <laughs> it is, is just as good, just as easy, um, as yeah. well. But for you, how has this changed your plans for the future and your outlook for the future? And, 
Uh, maybe in a way it's been a good thing that it's forced you to kind of vamp up your website, but uh, is, mm -hmm. are there any other changes you've had to make uh, just going forward? Yeah, so, you know, so obviously it, it has been negative for um, a lot of people, but sort of the silver lining for us has been that we have sort of been forced to build out our website and explore mm -hmm. different avenues of, of making money with the business. So I think in that way, it's been a good thing. Um, but we are, you know, it's been a little bit of a, of a, um, you know, stretch having to uh, wear masks and gloves and sort of suit up whenever we do a delivery, yeah. things like that. But, but things like that and, and public health and making sure that, you know, we're not only delivering a great product for our customers, but that we are keeping our customers and ourselves uh, safe during this time. So we definitely take that very seriously, but, um, you know, hopefully um, in the near future, uh, the situation will subside and, you know, we can, we can get back to doing what we were doing. So, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to checking you guys out at the farmer's market, but in the meantime, I'll definitely, I'm happy to just keep ordering online. I, they were so good. My, like I said, my cousin's <laughs> vegan, he loved them and my friends all love them. So you've got a, yeah. at least a few new customers uh, coming your way and, and hopefully more after people have listened to this. Uh, but will you just remind everyone where they can buy your products as well as, and, and, and social media where they can find you on social media. Uh, but then I think you also said uh, there's a special promo code as well. Yes. So probably the best way to actually order from us is through uh, www.franklygood.com. That's our website. Really and I'll simple. put the link in the bio as well. For oh, that'd be great. Yeah. And um, if you, if you use the promo code save S A V E percent sign 20, so save 20%, um, then that'll, that'll save you 20% on your order. Cool. And uh, also on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, just under frankly good. So all right. Well, awesome. Uh, Frank, thank you again so much for coming on. I've, I've really enjoyed talking with you and, and you know, I, I think some people sometimes think that I like lie on the podcast about if I've enjoyed <laughs> the products or not, but I'm always sure. very upfront and honest if, if I've tried it or not and if I like it or not. And I, I really did. I love the cookies. Um, and I especially love the pecans. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And, and so go check out Frank, go check out frankly good. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, when in the future, we'll have you back on for a follow up when um, you've got that $25,000 grant and, and you're booming all across DFW. Hopefully we'll see. I'd love to come <laughs> back on. All right. Thanks, man. That episode was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427.